speak, friend, and enter to the Bag End Book Club. I am your host this time, M. With me is Autumn. Hi. And also with me is Jackson. Hello. Uh, we're missing Nora. We don't know what uh, the, we, we the, genuinely the don't know Nora. Got her. <laughs> <laughs> I've called her twice. I don't know where she's at. <laughs> the, this podcast has like a hard sketch. Like we got a hard time because lining all four of us up is difficult. We have the rule that we we go at the same time. If one of us isn't there, we just go. We deal with it later. Uh, mm. uh, so you know, subplot of this podcast is occasionally checking to see if Nora's messaged any of us. <laughs> it's gonna really suck if Nora's died. I'm gonna feel so bad. You can't say that. Nora's wife is here. <laughs> I can say that. I guess. I guess it's the part where it's on a public podcast that makes it weird. But we would have. We would be saying that on a. Co- <laughs> Holy shit! Holy shit! Oh, Nora, Nora's- Nora, the Nora's return here. of the king. Return of the king. <laughs> See, we're not Perfect. starting over. We're just going. It all works uh, out. Nora can just come in, and we will go. Yeah, um, we're keeping this. I haven't uh, had a chance to listen to the last episode yet. Did I miss anything, like, super important? Tom Bombadil. No. Tom Bombadil. I love that guy. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's a merry fellow. Um, I, um... But my only thoughts about those chapters, because I don't have a ton of Tom Bombadil thoughts, I'll just say, I thought the Barrow White segment was really cool. It um, is really cool. I compared it to a Skyrim dungeon. <laughs> I just, like, um... <laughs> I just like when, you know, uh, Frodo digs down and finds his courage. Hello, Nora's here. Nora's here. Nora, uh, press record on Audacity. <laughs> Where's Nora? Probably just getting set up. She's on my laptop, so she's probably all messed up. We're already recording. This podcast yeah. has begun. <laughs> <laughs> she has to speak, friend. <laughs> By the way, no, we, I already, we already spake friend. <laughs> uh, hi. No, hello. hello. You're good. Are you recording? Are you recording? Hit record. <laughs> okay. We're going. We st- Nora's we started- back. <laughs> Welcome, Nora. Hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> we thought we thought the we thought the the writers got you, but turns out you're okay. Thank God. Yeah. No, it's fine. I just lost track of time. <laughs> Were you playing Skyrim? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it worked. We literally just started the podcast, and your return was very funny. It, it couldn't have worked out. We couldn't have planned it. It was, it was good. I feel uh, but bad. I'm glad you're here. I know. It's fine. You it's can literally put that off. fine. Yeah. We're glad you're here to do the podcast. We haven't really started. We've just introduced uh, everyone. We've got a chaos now, opening here. Now that the Fellowship is reunited, uh, this week we are reading chapters 9 through 12 of the Fellowship of the Ring, book 1. So we're starting at the sign of the Prancing Pony. Who wants to talk about Bree? Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to kick you out of the Fellowship. He just begins the chapter with, yo, all right, what's Get up someone with else. Bree? Here's the deal with Brie. It's kind of like a weird place. Uh, they, they don't, like, people don't mix like they used to, uh, because, uh, but, like, not because of, you know, weird. It's, it's, honestly, it's what situation where you're like, oh, this could get weird because you would expect Tolkien to be particularly weird about, as with any white British author doing fantasy stuff, we're going to get into some race mixing stuff here. And no, it's mostly about, like, how culturally reserved hobbits have become lately. 
and mm-hmm. what are like a unique confluence of uh, people, uh, the brief Okar. Uh, and it's good. I really like that stuff. Yeah, I I loved um, just starting chapter nine and oh, we've got a lengthy history of the people of Bree. <laughs> I was a little um, bit surprised to see the word the the phrase the Shire was colonized. That, yeah, that phrase does say show up in this uh, in this thing. I, I mean, just the Shire think was of co- hobbits as people who found places, not colonized. What but do I colonizers guess, do? I guess that is the same thing, but there's a difference in language. <laughs> Yeah, but like in the forties, colonized was not like a loaded term for British people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you found some, when you found a place <laughs> and settled on it, you colonized it. These were just things that were sa- people still say this stuff when they like move the when they like take out the part that's problematic and put this in space. They still use the same words and think it's normal, right? Like yeah. that's still in culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the important thing here, though, is that all that happened a long time ago, and now everyone's settled, and new people have been showing up because things suck down south. Like, people are coming in through the south gate, and they're like, we don't like the look of these guys. They they mm-hmm. look shady. And uh, they're like, well, we're coming north because it sucks down there. Like, well, you can't live here. And there's a bit here specifically that I think is just, like, incredible as a paragraph. Um, let's see. Uh the men and dwarves are mostly talking of distant events and telling news of a kind that was becoming only too familiar. There was trouble away in the south, and it seemed that the men who had come up the greenway were on the move, looking for land so they could find some peace. The brief folk were sympathetic, but plainly not very ready to take in a large number of strangers into their little land. One of the travelers, a squint-eyed, ill-favored fellow, was foretelling that more and more people would be coming north in the near future. If room isn't found for them, they'll find it for themselves. They have a right to live, same as other folk, he said loudly. The local mm-hmm. inhabitants did not look pleased at the prospect <laughs> uh nimby comes to Bree. <laughs> it's good you get a really good sense of the like dynamics of this weird place yeah because it's like it's like men are kind of everywhere um but like not they're not like in big cities in the same way um, like the Shire, like hobbits keep to the Shire. There are some in Bree and who, the ones who aren't there are just kind of roaming around. And then you get like dwarven enclaves and like elvish, like, you know, havens. But men are everywhere else. They just fucking go all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the people of Bree are settled. So like, you know, men can come through, but you can't stay. You can't, you just can't stay. <laughs> I didn't really think about it. Um, we just didn't hardly see any like men in the Hobbit. Um, no, like it's just, only when we got to when we got to Dale, uh, and all. Yeah, of them. yeah, I guess in Dale, but yeah, this is like, I don't know, like men feel like genuinely kind of like weird and intimidating from the point of view of like Frodo and Sam and uh, Mary and Pippin. Like they feel like weird and too big. Like I think Tolkien yes. like <laughs> there's a there's a bit where off. Sam's like Sam's like oh I don't even want to go in the inn because it's like, it's too intimidating. Like everyone's a giant and it, it sucks here. Yeah. And the inn is, like, not menacing. It's, like, just a place. It's, like, chill. They all have some beer. Butterbur is a great guy. There's, like, literally nothing wrong here other than, like, the, bla- the, the you know, the Dark Riders are looking for the hobbits. There's those suspicious mm-hmm. guys in the corner, but that's probably not important. Yes. It's not important. <laughs> but it's funny, because, like, even before this stuff had kicked off, like, 
transient guys coming through like the all of the all of the rangers like come in they take a load off they tell a story they whatever do it on a job and then they leave again like there's a there is a transient property to the way men of the north live that they're used to so the idea that there's like emigration like people who want to live here is just like unfathomable to them because mm-hmm. like as you talk as Aragorn keeps saying as they like in the next couple chapters that they walk around places it's like this all used to be a kingdom that kingdom's fucking gone it was destroyed yeah. like uh, three thousand years i don't know how long ago it was there's a number i'm not gonna look up the number but it's all gone there's nothing here there's just people there's just the men who survived like living in forests doing wandering around doing dog jobs um so it definitely gives it like a weird tenor as like all the other peoples have their settlements, but Bree's just kind of like this weird border town. And I mean, border both in like on the edge of the Shire, but on the edge of like different modes of living. Uh, mm. They even talk about it. Like, it has like four cardinal roads and the road to the North hasn't been used in so long. It's now overgrown and like grassy and no, like no one goes North. It's fucked there. It's bad. <laughs> What's even up there? Oh, uh, it used to be a kingdom of man. Angmar was up there. Which, you know, if, if you if you remember the movies, you know what happened to Angmar. No. I don't remember the movies. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> but they say the word in the movie. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think rangers are fucking cool as hell. Yeah. Rangers are some Nora ass guys. That's <laughs> no, hold on guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nora? How do you mean? Uh, so, How are they not? <laughs> they're like... Um, from a distance, cool. Uh-huh. Uh, they they are about getting down to business and doing some like cool, uh, fairly generic fantasy shit. <laughs> but because this is Tolkien, he's far more interested in them as like uh, these strange objects of knowledge. Because I mean, it's also blended because we only really get to know Strider, who is Aragorn, who is the fucking king, the king, king who is returning. <laughs> That's his whole thing. Um, so it's he is not like an example of all the rangers, but you still get a sense that like the rangers are not of a place, but they know of other places, mm. and so their knowledge is in many ways the like thing that is their currency and power, um, because they are able to tell you these stories and they know history and they know how to deal with things, and that's the stuff that like two random hobbits don't have. Uh, and I think it's a good grounding of this like kind of cool guy that you do you tend to uh, like drift towards but only when the the author can't think they're just like a normal cool cool guy because then you get into some kvoth shit and you hate that <laughs> <laughs> it can't be like a the generic kind of cool that uh, a bad fantasy authors do it has to be a more understanding of what it means to be a kind of guy and they're mm-hmm. also weirdos <laughs> yes exactly this- they have to be weirdos <laughs> this is the thing is that like while and this is less in chapter nine, more in chapter 10. But um, like while I was reading this bit, I was like trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't know who Aragorn is and who Aragorn is going to end up being. Um, Cause I actually kind of don't really know. He's such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I he think... shows up. What were you going to say? Nora? I think that a, a critical part of rangerness here is the way that they it, they're described as like oh yeah we like them when they come through and like bring new songs or new stories or news uh but if they stick around too long they're eh, we don't like that too much mm-hmm. if they're if they're doing something all right but also they're weird <laughs> and they yeah, talk like, to aragorn, animals aragorn shows up and just like 
knows like oh yeah we can just cut through this part of the forest and like get to weathertop and like oh yeah i know the ancient songs of rivendell or whatever and like i hang out with elrond sometimes he's such a fucking weirdo he says there's the there's Silmaril stuff in this chapter or the next one it, oh, that's, that's the next that's chapter later, but later. specifically in the, in the next chapter there's the there's a great scene where aragorn's trying to com- him and Frodo play a game of wits in that Aragorn humors Frodo as Frodo tries to come to, I'm going to trust this guy and invite him along. And Aragorn wants Frodo to think that's his idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, is the thrust yeah. of this very charming conversation as Aragorn just like runs circles around Frodo, but in like a kind way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but Aragorn mentions that he's, he's older than he looks, which is a weird thing to say, but turns out to be true. We'll find that out in the appendices. Yeah, he has like... <laughs> It says it's, his hair is peppered with gray or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Argorn's like 80-something <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. But, like, Frodo's 50, right? Like, yeah. it's not, you know. In, um, but specifically, like, Argorn is from an idea of what men were in a world. Like, even for Lord of the Rings, like, the world of myth and legend. Like, mm-hmm. it's like he had, like, masteries that don't exist anymore. And the way that Tom Bombadil's, like, magical in, like, his own weird way, like... They're, the guys used to know stuff. They could talk to animals and they could, they could get shit done and they had kingdoms that all fell, uh, that, right. you know, were walking over the bones of. And Aragorn's like all of those people. Um, and that's why he's got all this weird shit about him, right? Like th- these are guys who remember the things that the world has forgotten. And not just like magic things, but just like knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Right. King's foil, that's a weed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's, um, like throughout all four of these chapters, there's like a serious like, like Aragorn knows stuff, and that like conveys like it makes him a like sort of like powerful character in the way that like Gandalf and Elrond are. That like, mm-hmm. um, you know, jump jumping ahead quite a bit. Like when um, like they fend off the the Ringwraiths um and uh or sorry the Black Riders um because we don't know that word yet. <laughs> Um, like, he's like, oh, yeah, the name of Elbereth is, like, far more, like, uh, dangerous to, uh, these, uh, riders than the sword was, and, like, Aragorn just knows stuff, and that makes him, like, more, (laughs) more effective (laughs) as, like, a person than Frodo is, um, and, like, the way that he's just like, yeah, don't fucking say Mordor out loud, don't fucking say that word out loud, I swear to God. (laughs) Not after dark, don't do it. Yeah. Words got power. That's the thing the hobbits don't understand because they come from like a version of modernity. Like you you just can't say certain shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I, I like that because like in modern culture, right, that when you st- that mm-hmm. kind of plot line and trope is just innately linked to Harry Potter at this point, which is also yeah. pulling from Lord of the Rings, but like culturally, that's what people think of the stupid uh, must not be named shit. Uh, and when there is like six different metaphors at once, none of them work. Uh, right. Whereas this is this isn't like you can't say it, or this is far more about like when you just, like because holistically, so much of these chapters are about people saying things and knowing facts about the world and those facts about the world revealing uh, sides of like living and how to like the, the just the nature of the conflict right that is not known to most people. You have to find that information out to know it uh, gives that a weight to it me- when he says don't talk about Mordor it means something in a way that I feel like because we are also in modernity and this kind of trope, trope has been uh, 
put out in new books that deal with it in a much shittier way uh that might just roll their eyes at that that plot point but i think it works really well right. here i mean the thing yeah. the thing about like the harry potter version of this is like quite literally there's a plot point where they're like no that's just culture man we're gonna say it we're gonna like reclaim saying it so people stop right. being afraid um th- you know, we open this podcast saying speak friend and enter that, that that's a plot point because saying a word opens a door like the, there's mechanical power to language mm-hmm. uh, that is important. Like when Gandalf sees the incantation of the ring, he will not say the black speech because to do so would like affect change. It's not just right. like words you don't say because they're taboo. It is its own power. Yeah. Did, did a link write think- this book? <laughs> I also don't think it's, like, because I think there's another, like, sometimes in Harry Potter it feels like a literal thing, whereas, like, this is, like, it, it is I don't a think that, thing. yeah, and I don't think, like, saying the word Mordor is going to, like, summon the writers to them. Like, I don't think, like, that's going to, like, you know, just make something bad happen instantly, but it's, like, don't just, like throw those words around like those these things mean things and like i mean the thing the thing about the thing about voldemort is that that's not true like harry potter goes around saying voldemort all the time and because it doesn't matter like the whole thing is everyone lives in a culture of fear maybe no one knows ultimately like if you say mordor does that just like increase the the awareness of like all things evil like 10 percent? like it does just bend the will of like like the universe towards bad things happening like that feels like the thing it's like a it's Mm -hmm. like it's like a traditional, like classical sense of luck. Yes. It's like a real force in the world that has to be like worked against and worked with when you can, because it will right. fuck you up if you don't pay attention to it. Right. You're both forgetting the part where in Harry Potter, literally, if you say the word Voldemort, a, a little light comes on in the Death Eater HQ that says, "Hey, Wait, really? somebody <laughs> said Voldemort on this." Street. Oh my god! Are you fucking kidding yes. me? Is that no, really? Yeah. Harry Potter's so fucking yeah. stupid. It's literally like I, a oh, it's like a Google yeah. alert. Somebody said it. It might be Harry. Go check it out. Yeah, I, I listened to Streetcast and I forgot this <laughs> because you know they spend four hours on every chapter and I do not remember all the details of Harry Potter. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just just don't have the space in my brain yeah. for every part. But I somehow forgot the part where the Death Eaters have God. Harry Potter's so fucking stupid. It's fucking stupid. Anyway, fucking no more stupid. Harry Potter. <laughs> We're, We're done. done. I meant to only bring it up to talk about how it was good here. <laughs> um. Uh, I love Butterbur. Butterbur is my favorite character in this whole book so far. <laughs> I love the bit where he is proactively, like, super worried about Gandalf, like, doing some shit to him. And, and Frodo's like, no, he wouldn't. He would never. And then the letter, Gandalf's like, if you didn't send this letter, I'm going to fucking set him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, there also, I think it's, um, Mary comes in later and he's like, Gandalf's going to set this guy on fire. <laughs> <laughs> This is the same Gandalf that reached through a window and pulled out a hobbit. <laughs> yes. Uh, the 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 reveal of like the plot of this chapter is really funny because so Frodo spends the whole time really nervous and like not trusting anyone and uh, Aragorn's like good finally you know how to be on an epic quest I guess goddamn child uh, and. Then you finally get the letter that's like, actually, this was meant to be a really simple meeting. You were already meant to know each other, and uh, I, I did contingencies. I, I, you know, I sent you the manual. Uh, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't the quest yet. This is just getting the party together. It's fine. <laughs> and then oh God! If only we had that letter forty-five minutes ago. It's so funny. <laughs> 
Um, I, <laughs> I love that even when he sees Frodo, like he knows this is the guy. It still takes him like all night to remember. Like Gandalf gave me who did was it Gandalf that gave me a letter? Who gave me a letter? Like just like <laughs> totally. <laughs> he he's a friend of Gandalf, but like. He doesn't go here. He's not part of this. He doesn't realize how important that letter was. He's got seven tables that need mead right now. Right. Yes. And he has to remember which tables get the big mugs and which tables get the little mugs. That's so but cute. I, I do think that's important, though, because, like, uh, Frodo and Bilbo were, like, rich because of the stuff from the... um. Uh, from the first adventure, and Bilbo just kind of like did stuff and wrote books. We meet him, and he is working, right? He he has a job, mm-hmm. and I mean he's a landlord, and you know I'm not going to be all like oh Tolkien landlord politics, whatever. It, in the frame of the book, he is a guy who works a job mm-hmm. to like keep this pub running, um, and uh, that is different from the uh, like from the, especially from a lot of the hobbits who are far who are, who are not like put into this kind of like context of labor like he forgets yeah, only, he's only sam is that character right right because sam's a gardener who is like he yes. you know, keeps calling frodo his master which is just true he is he works for frodo mm-hmm. uh, and so it is important that like the reason he forgets is because he's doing shit he doesn't have time to think about this like quest it's just a letter or a weird guy gave him who he likes he mm-hmm. likes the weird guy but he's he's got shit to do once you leave the yeah. shire like people got shit to do well also like you know, Gandalf gives him this letter and he's like, I think I can probably find someone tomorrow. And Gandalf's like, you're going to find somebody tomorrow. And he's like, I, cu- I couldn't find anybody. Nobody was going to the Shire. Like, what What do you want me to do? I'm not going to send somebody to the Shire. I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm just a guy. The sh- as, as established of the last chapters, the Shire is not like a town. You're right. <laughs> it's a big fucking place. So I, I gotta get all the way to back end to this one message, and he's like, "Sure, I, I don't know, whatever, I'll do it tomorrow." Oh, I've, I forgot. A big place for the little guys. Exactly. Um. What else? What else? I think we've kind of mixed uh, Strider and at the Prancing Pony. Yeah, They're the two chapters interconnected chapters yeah. Yeah. do interconnect a lot. Uh-huh. This chapter does end with them leaving Bree and our first extremely problematic description of the foreigners in the Bree as uh, <sighs> the southerner who's living in what's the guy's name? Bill F- Bill, Bill something. Fernie? Yeah, Bill Fernie's house is described as a sallow face with sly slanting eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, and also half like a goblin. Half like a goblin. Yeah. Yep. yep. Surely this will get better as culture progresses uh, in literature over the next 70 years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the rest of this is is mostly uh, Aragorn leading them, trying to figure out, pick up Gandalf's trail, because now they know Gandalf went ahead of them, and they need to meet up with him because, you know, he was expecting them and it all got fucked up. And there's a bit where they're like, well, last time we went off the trail, we got lost, almost eaten by a tree and and, uh, Aragorn's like, well, uh, that's because you're hobbits. When I take a shortcut, it leads where we're going. (laughs) (laughs) There's a difference between you traipsing through the woods and me telling you this is where we're 
hard-headed in that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think he says, when I take a cut, long or short, uh, it, yes. it ends where it's meant to. Yes. Um, Did we want to briefly mention the putting on the ring part? Uh, yeah, the um, he he puts on the ring in the uh, in the middle of the uh, story. He gives it to Prancing Pony, right? Yes. yes. By accident? Yes. Question mark asterisk. Yes. <laughs> this is a situation where, like, very it's a famous scene from the movie. Um, the the chain. The I hate is, the way the movie scene plays it. <laughs> but but there yes. is no, there is no. You can't do it in a movie because it, it relies on mm. the ambiguity of. A thing happens and it is described in a passive voice, and that's yes. just not how visual storytelling works. I know. Um, but uh, yes, the way they do it in the movie is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and this one, he's giving a long, like, the thing that the store, like, the, the children's nursery rhyme, like, the cat and the fiddle, the couch and over moon would come from. Like, it's Tolkien being a ridiculous English professor and working backwards from nursery <laughs> rhymes into storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yes. Um, but yeah, they go up to they go up to um, Weathertop, which is like the, the the like a bastion of a fallen kingdom, like a big tower that's all ruined. And they find signs that Gandalf was there, and maybe some rangers were there. But uh, the hobbits walked over everything before Sarah could look at it, so he doesn't have a fucking clue. He's like, "Well, here's a sign. <laughs> could have been from Gandalf. It, it looks like a three. Maybe it's here three days ago. Maybe it's three weeks ago. I don't know. It's hard to tell. He was in a hurry, clearly. Um, but then they you sit know, down, and then he- Aragorn what. He has written G3. Like, yes. oh, G3. What an amazing code for Gandalf. And I'm like, yes. imagine Gandalf going to write G3. They're like, oh, look, everything's burned up here. Hey, remember three yes. days ago when we looked when we out? saw that light? Right, yes. <laughs> we saw weird when, when lightning When Gandalf nuked this top of this mountain. <laughs> Gandalf was, like, casting his AoE magics. Yes. <laughs> um... And so, so they're sitting down. They're just like having a chat, and they're like, uh, "Tell us a story." And so Aragorn tells them this very long uh, story of uh, Tenuviel and uh, Baron, and uh, that like it's like a poem. And then he gives you the summary of the actual story because the hobbits don't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's like, "Oh, you've never heard this story? Well, let me tell you what this legend's about." And he tells them about the story of Tenuviel and Baron. And Baron was a man, and uh, Tenuviel was an elf, and they fell in love, and that was a problem because you know uh elves live forever and humans don't um mm. and they got in misadventures and and part of his like bride price to like marry her is he stole the silmaril from the crown of morgoth which uh mm-hmm. you know it's all stuff we'll talk about in, in about eight months <laughs> not, a, not a name we get here we get no we just get that um sauron oh, was right. a servant of this greater enemy. yes yes they go to angbad yes 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 mm-hmm. yes oh i've played angbad um, Angband? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Ka- the great enemy from his throne and took the Iron Crown, one of three Silmarils, yes. What's the Silmaril? Don't know. <laughs> Talk I, about that later. I lost my shit. I was driving, listening to the book, and I'm just like, oh, okay, Aragorn's going to tell a story. Okay, cool. And then I was like, wait, no, this matters. Like, this matters? <laughs> I was not ready for, like, somebody to say the word Silmaril just casually. Uh, and, like... I kept thinking I would miss shit because, like, Aragorn is, like, very quickly summarizing it. And he's just like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, they fell in love. And, you know, at some point she rescued him from the Dungeons of Sauron. I was like, I want to know about her rescuing him from the Dungeons of Sauron. Wait, hold yeah. up. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> um, is that going to be the so... third age show? <laughs> what? Is that, is that, does that line up with the Amazon show? Oh, no, no, no. This is way before anything that's going to be the Amazon show. This is all first age shit. 
why why is the show when the show, whatever the show's gonna be terrible uh, so <laughs> <I'm doing now. laughs> um anyway uh, the, the no. other the, the other thing that's interesting here um and it's not it's not actually going to be relevant to the story going forward i just think it's interesting stuff in the lore is they talk about how baron's slain by a wolf that comes out of angbad and then dies into nuviel's arms then she chose mortality um and to die um and there's a bit where they exist they, they're like, oh, they walk together on the, beyond the Sundering Seas, and then they left the world, which, and is, she's the only elf to have ever left the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because elves don't die. Even if you destroy their body, elves don't die in the way men think of death. They just like exist in a spirit bound to the earth. When men die, they just fucking go away. We don't know what happens to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, just interesting cosmology, uh, theology stuff that will become increasingly relevant. Also, Argorn tells this whole story, and, you know, it doesn't come up here. In fact, it doesn't come up for most of this book. But anyone who's watched the movie Lord <laughs> of the Rings is like, oh, man, how, how can you sit here and, like, straight face <laughs> tell these these children that, you're, that are in your charge about the story that inspired you and your girlfriend? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's very funny knowing the future of like Aragorn and Arwen that he's telling this story right now. Like in the middle of it's like, oh, once there's this famous man and he just did the sickest shit and this elf woman loved him so much she gave up immortality and it was it was awesome. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> Not relevant to my life. Don't worry it about it. It wasn't sad at all. <laughs> it wasn't sad. No at one. All. It was actually deeply profound. And the and the girl's dad was totally chill with the guy and they both hung out. <laughs> Well, they also, he also mentions the very end of the story. Yeah. Um, Baron and Luthien was born Dior Thingol's hair, and with him, Elwing the White, for whom Yarndell was wedded. Um, blah, blah, blah. But specifically, from Yarndell came the kings of Numenor, that is Westerness, which is like, what the fuck's Westerness? But like, relevant, relevant things <laughs> from a man who's going to be king. Like, this is, this <laughs> is like his 700 removed grandparents. Isn't it also, it does, it mentions Elrond in that line as well? Yes. Is it Elrond? Um, mm-hmm, yeah, Elrond. Yes, it says, blah, blah, blah. There still live those for whom Luthien was a foremother and has said that her, her line shall never fail. Elrond of Rivendell is of that kin. Yeah. Yeah. This, Elrond, that was another... Is it, in the Hob- is it in The Hobbit where he's called Elrond Half-Elf or something? Maybe? That's mentioned somewhere. I feel like it was. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's in the future when we meet Elrond in this book. But, like, Elrond is not... F- fully elven mm-hmm. but elf elfness is like an inherent ability like a thing you know so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that he's half human i guess he's still got all the elf qualities he's still hugo weaving that's what's important he's still hugo weaving and he's still gonna live forever even if mm-hmm. he dies that must suck it was it's that was another very funny thing was it as like you know, just listening to this book in the car and Aragorn just like, yeah, the kings of Numenor. And I was like, I know that as a vocabulary word that is going to matter at some point, And I yeah. don't know what this means. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to like, you know, Brandon Sanderson books where it would either very pointedly explain it or very pointedly not explain it at that moment. Um, and just like the very, the, the very casual like nature of, um, not expositing, but also expositing, I guess. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. Tolkien's a good writer. <laughs> anyway, the writers come up on them after that story and stab Frodo. That's what happens. Yeah. He puts on the ring and sees that they are like 
ghostly shapes that with the ring on he can see them for what they are which is like wasted men and there's even a bit early in this chapter i actually want to point out because i think it was good um where they're like while they're prepping down um for the night or whatever there's a bit where frodo's like uh he's frodo's tightening his belt um and they're talking about uh oh pippin declared that frodo's looking twice the hobbit that he had been because now he's feeling a little better after they eat or whatever and if frodo goes very odd tightening his belt considering that there's a good deal less of me i hope the thinning process will not go on indefinitely or i shall become a wraith and then strider quickly says do not speak of such things <laughs> um and then and then the wraiths come mm-hmm Cause, cause Aragorn knows what happens if you wear a ring too long. You yeah. Fucking become guys like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he, he doesn't, he doesn't just put the ring on. Um, he needs to put the ring on. Yes. Like it, it is a extension of what happens in the, uh, um, in, in the process of parenting where it's like, Oh, it was an accident. I must've been reaching around down there and it went on. But in this, like you get the narration where he's like, he knew he had to put the ring on. He felt the cool of the ring. Um, yes. And it was not like fear of the situation. It was not like it wasn't a reactive thing. It was innate to the ring itself. And it's like the first time that's really got Frodo. And I, I, I liked it. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, and it's it's so fun too because it's like because of the way that Tolkien writes. It's like sort of ambiguous. It's like it feels like the 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 writers are really far away. And then like as soon as he puts the ring on, it feels like they're just like there. You know. Um, mm-hmm. it's like just such, such a sudden thing. Um, and also does anyone explain what, uh, what Frodo means when he says, um, like, Oh, Elbereth, or, uh, and the other name that he says, like, I didn't understand why he said that or. Um, I'm trying to think of why, because I'm like I know what those are, but I think those those poems are deeper in the book than this. Okay, well, I I think he's just overcome it. with like the the desire to say, you know, he saw he his head's full of like myth that um that uh Bilbo's shoved in his brain, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a bit in the next chapter in Flight to the Fort or whatever where they're like, ah, oh, everyone's sad and having a bad time, and and the, uh, Sam uh. He's like, oh, I'll entertain everyone as like, uh, yeah. Frodo's like, oh, Sam, uh, think of think of one of Bilbo's old stories, and Sam tells this big long tale. And when they're done, like, I don't remember Bilbo ever saying that. And Frodo's like, that's because he made it up. He just he he knows things. Sam knows things. Don't underestimate Sam. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit where uh, where uh, Frodo says, ah, oh, Sam will end up becoming a wizard or a warrior. And Sam's <laughs> like, oh God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> love him best guy um so i really i you go you go i was just gonna say that the the fight on the weather top is not mm-hmm. so much of a fight as i expected no <laughs> yes no yes you just kind of poke him and get out of there <laughs> yeah, they don't need they don't need to uh do anything yeah. blade yeah. will do its work they don't need all nine. They don't need, you know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just poke them. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then, yeah, in, in Flight to the Ford, the next chapter, um, 
we come to a thing where I, it turns out I just was wrong about a thing I said like last episode, the episode for that, where someone asked, is the bit with the trolls and the Hobbit yeah. only from the movie? And I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's not in the book. And uh, no, it's here also. I forgot because I had in my head the image of Sam looking down at the camera, but didn't connect that to Frodo being sick after the blade. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was like, yeah. oh, right, this is there. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All the treasure. We find out that Bilbo just gave all the treasure away like years ago. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to keep it. Felt it was wrong to have it. Bilbo's also a good guy. Gandalf did not give away that sword, though. No. No. (laughs) Gandalf's got like. Bilbo didn't get rid of his sword either, to be fair. That's true. He he kept the mithril mail and he kept the sword. I forgot Mm. that that's where that came from. (laughs) Yeah. Autumn, your desktop keeps changing. What do you mean? the background the wallpaper oh it does that yeah that's weird yeah mine does that too mine does that as well what the fuck <laughs> we all do we all set to do that because we just have a page of i have like that? 300 desktop backgrounds yeah. i never actually have my computer set to just display the desktop but i do have it rotate through several yeah. Hundred backgrounds yeah, yeah I, i'm not gonna have I've, just one background i've had one frame Sometime. from the Werner herzog nosferatu movie for like a year or two now it's pretty sick mm-hmm it's a good frame. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> flight to the Ford. Glorfindel rules. <laughs> oh, this is a thing I wanted to mention in regards to Aragorn's knowledge. Uh, is when he mm. like picks up the elf stones. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit where he's like, I, "This might be a sign," and then later Glorfindel goes <laughs> up and like, "I left a sign. I hope someone saw it." <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a tiny rock on the bridge. <laughs> yes. Mm. And then, meanwhile, uh, Terry Brooks, is that right, is reading this? And like, Elfstones? Oh, I got an idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Shannara. The first one is called the okay. Elfstones of Shannara. All right. I think that's Terry Brooks. Could be wrong. This is like in, in uh, Dark Souls to me, where you click a thing and it's like, um, you know, uh, left thing. Just like words. This doesn't make any sense. I just assume I'm meant to interpret this in some way, but I will not know how <laughs> until whatever event it is referring to has already happened to me. Walking up right. to the Ford, like, and the little elf stone just says, like, try using two hands. <laughs> right, yeah. I- <laughs> Be wary of the head. I just love Glorfindel showing up and being like, there are very few guys cool enough to ride against the Nine, but I'm one of the guys who's cool enough to do that. Um, I've got a sick horse. And I saw like four of them on the bridge, but I scared them off. Um, I, I just thought Glorfindel was a cool guy. I just liked him. He is a cool guy. Is this all we um, see of Glorfindel? Is he gone now? I have no idea. Uh, Not a major character. We're, we're about to pick up another elf, and that guy sucks. I so. keep thinking about the other wait. elf guy from the Two Towers movie when I think of Glorfindel, because you know. Oh, that guy! That, I think that that guy's like a movie special. I think. Okay. Well, in my head, that's this guy, basically. Yeah. No, blonde. that's fair. I I understand. Yeah. Um, all I these can't. elves have dark hair, for the record. This so. guy's blonde, isn't he? Maybe then, does it say I this guy's blonde? Was blonde. He might be blonde, legless though, dark hair. You've you've mentioned this. I've I've heard of this. I know, I know. <laughs> I can't wait to get to legless in this book because Tol- Tolkien hates him. Oh, I, I, I'm looking. <laughs> That's not true. Tolkien doesn't hate him. He just said he he's the one who accomplished the least in the Fellowship. 
I'm, I googled uh, Glorfindel, and mm-hmm. uh, the fan art is is just chef kiss. Send, send us this fan art. Oh yeah, his golden hair flowed simmer, shimmeringly in the wind of his speed. Oh, this isn't fan to Frodo art. it appeared that a white light was shining through the form and raiment of the writer, as if through a thin veil. Um, this is actually art from the official like tabletop game, is what it is. Because it's a from it says copyright Fantasy Flight Games, but here's Glorfindel. <laughs> mm. I hate this. I fucking hate this. For the record. <laughs> Uh, um, who is this? Like I've seen about twenty posts about how cool this guy is in Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't a PC? What a player, a player character. character. Uh, sure, I guess so. I, I got confused. I got thrown off by. It. Sorry, I ruined the bit by making feel like a computer. What? <laughs> um, here's also on the left is uh, Glorfindel in the movie. Ugh. That's just a twink. Yeah. I I hate... You get Hugo Weaving, right? He's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hugo He's Weaving's Hugo cool. Weaving. Uh, you get Kate Blanchett. She's cool. Every other elf, they just get, like, the waifishly... Like, ex- the waifish extras that they couldn't get to be any other person. They just get every willowy man in all of New Zealand to be all the rest of the elves. <laughs> and it fucking sucks. <laughs> to be fair, this guy... This Glorfindel looks like He's 14. <laughs> to be fair, uh, oh, this, this other a, one's better. This other one is better. I, maybe this, <laughs> this is. is th- maybe these aren't real. I'm not sure. Maybe these yeah. are people choosing people in the background to be Glorfindel. This is more of a wider cult because by the time these movies come out, like elves have already really settled in culture as I know waifish twinks in a way that is not quite like it is a part. Yeah, it doesn't come from nowhere in Tolkien stuff, but it's not like exactly how I read. Uh, of the elves here. Yeah. Um I think I think it's cool when Frodo is going across the ford and um like turns back and like starts shouting bullshit at the um at the, the writers. The like, thing I like about this is like Frodo is Frodo is mortally wounded by the blade, right? Like it's working <laughs> its way through his body, but like he's not like He's still a, he's still a person. He's just he he's been marked in this way that's going to kill him. But like he's still like walking around and yelling and doing his best. And you know mm-hmm. he's just he has now been like he just has like the doom counter above his head, waiting for it to go <laughs> off and kill him. His arm can't move, but you know his mouth can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like he. I just love that he's shouting "fuck you" to the ring rates. I think that's cool. He's like, I'll never go to Mordor. And then the ringwraiths are like, come to Mordor. (laughs) I love how gross, uh, like, both Tolkien describes their voices and also the way that Rob English reads their voices. They just sound like pathetic men. They just are, like, hissing and, like, um, thin-voiced and, like, weirdos. I'm thinking about ring raids as like YouTube celebrities. 
Well, then, like, they start marching across the forward, and Frodo, like, pulls out his sword, and there's a bit here where the lead uh, rider lifts up his hand, and then Frodo, it says, Frodo stricken dumb, felt the tongue cleaved, his tongue cleaved to his mouth, his heart laboring, his sword broke and fell out of his shaking hand. <laughs> the elf horse reared and snorted. Uh, literally, just, like, raising his hand, his sword, like, breaks in half. The, the horse almost panics. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't yeah. the other sword uh, break as well? Yeah, when he uh, when he attacked the yeah, other, on the other sword, top, because uh, he said all blades yeah. perish, which pierce that king. Yes. Uh, but then the then the, the waves come and wash them all away, and Frodo passes out, and that's the end of book one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I just assumed that book one was going to end on a more like, yeah, they got to Rivendell and it was fine. You, they're still kind of like. They're a little fucked up at the end of book one. I, I was not expecting that. It's funny because the split in the... Um, w- when we had the the movie across two discs, two DVDs, yes. it splits at the end of their time in Rivendell. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. guess that's what I assumed this... Yeah. I assumed that they were going to like get to Rivendell and be fine. You know? Nope. Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Cliffhanger. We, we, have, we, also... have, we have we have intense meetings ahead of us. Yeah. I mean, I mean the thing is, uh, like this the order of how many books this is is at the top one book, then six books, then reluctantly three books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I like this better as a I, I like this better as six books than as three. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I I just choose to be like this. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Thinking about Lord of the Rings being six books, but it's like light novels because they're just <laughs> they're shorter. It is kind of oh. I because um I was looking again at that copy of um Lord of the Rings that you have, Nora, and I was like, it really is like just the size of Way of Kings. That's really it's shorter. Just like. It's shorter it's than Way shorter. of Kings. Wait, wait, wait. All of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, inti- uh-huh. the All six books and the and the appendices. I don't think uh-huh. Lord of the Rings breaks a thousand pages in my version. How fucking long is Way of Kings? It's like long. 1050 to 1200. 1100? I didn't know it was that long. It's, That's like yeah. two Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's big. Yeah. Uh, the entire Lord of the Rings word count is 576,000 words. So what's Way of Kings? Um, let me find this out. I should know this. I'm there. I'm there. It is 380,000 words. Okay. What? Then Lord of the Rings is is a longer book by a lot than Way of Kings. Rhythm of okay. War gets up to 455. So in a couple... But the last one will be longer. <laughs> I guess I'm like, there's no way the Way of Kings is longer than... than uh, Lord of the Rings. I almost want to look like what is the length of like the last uh, Wheel of Time book that Sanderson like finished. Well, he did. Uh, he did one. He was contracted to do two and then did three. He was contracted <laughs> to do one and did three. <laughs> See, he can't <laughs> stop it. Anyway. Anyway. Any more thoughts about Lord of the Rings? No, we're talking about Brandon Sanderson, so we're clearly fucking done. Yes, we're done. Kings is longer than a memory Strider. of life. I love Strider. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. 
I I really tried for most of this this segment to just like put myself in the shoes of like not knowing who the fuck Aragorn is, you know? And I think it makes the chapters work better. Did you also put yourself in the shoes of somebody who doesn't know who Vigo Mortensen is? That's also very important. Um I like how he's introduced here better than how he's introduced in um the the um the movies because in the movies it's like that he's they're sent to go find Strider, right? Is that it? No, he's shows up in the Prancing Pony just like this. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's okay. just smoking. I thought you, were... just, you just don't have all the stuff with like the landlord and and the letter. Like it is, it's way less convoluted, but it also means it makes cut. It's just like why have they just suddenly taken this guy with them? It doesn't all click to place until uh, the Council of Elrond in the uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. He saves them, and you get that that cool scene with the stabbing the beds. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I love when he's like, "If I was in servant of the enemy, I would have killed you already." <laughs> uh-huh. I'm 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 thinking this book's pretty good. I love yeah. this book. It's pretty good. Well, it's over, so time to read the next book. <laughs> yeah, next time join us for book two, chapters one to four of book two. No, we're reading a book uh, chapters one through five. One through five. Okay. Damn, someone okay. had to. Someone had to take the crunch, and I figured it'd be the one where they sit around talking. Um, yeah, because this okay. also it's the part where everyone knows what happens in the movie the most, in like oh, back yeah. half fellowship. So. And also, there's only but it is ten also... in book two, right? There's only ten. Chapters. Yeah, there's only ten, and we're doing two. We're doing two episodes. Yeah, let's go, fucking go, yeah. speed run this shit. Let's hit. Let's hit Moria. We will. I think we will probably hit Moria. I think that's true. I think chapter six is Lothlorien. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. That sure. But we'll get to, we'll get to talk point. about the weird breakdown of where I, I read Fellowship before the first movie and hadn't didn't read the two towers and they end in different places. <laughs> <laughs> Very oh. surprised watching that movie. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that movie ends <laughs> oh, like yeah. a chapter later than the book does. Yes. <laughs> it does make more sense than ending for a movie, but that is hilarious. <laughs> yep. I'm excited. Uh Somebody bring us to the plug segment. Uh, where are you at on the internet? Me? <laughs> <laughs> well, Autumn's, Autumn's in Chicago currently. Chicago internet. <laughs> oh, somebody Nora, where can people find you online? You can find me playing Skyrim at neither Nora on Twitter.com. You can find my website at norablake.online. And you can find... More podcasts featuring myself and Autumn and sometimes these other two jokesters at exportaud.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio if you prefer to type more letters. M, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find all of our podcasts at abnormalmapping.com. There's a bunch of them. You should listen to all of them. They're all very good. Listen to Reptoy Screenings. That's our movie podcast. We're do- about to do an episode on... It'll already be recorded, but we're about to do an episode on Playtime, the Jacques Tati movie, and then we're going to watch uh, Wages of Fear, I think, is what my next pick's going to be. It's going to be a good time. We watch a lot of great movies. That's yeah. the secret, is you just got to watch good movies. Yeah. But you don't expect to like them, right? <laughs> no, but we usually do because we know what we like. Yeah. 
Uh, we do expect to like him. That is actually the the yeah, great that's, lie. That's the secret's a lie. It's a lie. But <laughs> totally, you know, I feel like everyone I know who's into movies who doesn't have a movie podcast that does the thing that we do and like ornate stairwells does hates movies. Just hates them all the time. They're talking mm. about Eternals having a bad time. I don't give a f- one flying fuck about Eternals. We'll never think about it it's after this. So plug. easy to just not care about Disney movies. They've been yeah. making movies for like over a century, and there's a lot of good ones. And you can just never think about Disney movies. I'll watch Winnie the Pooh right now, but I'm not going to think about like the marvel product you fucking kidding me (laughs) winnie the pooh is a great fucking movie. i know that you (laughs) meant that they've been making like movies have just been existing for more than a century but it's also true that they've been making marvel movies for over a century that's well, I, Autumn specifically meant Disney because we're coming up on the 100th anniversary next decade of Snow White. So I did not mean um, Disney movies. I just meant movies in general. Oh, well, Disney's hitting 100 soon. So Disney's what's that? Real close. 33? I think so, yeah. Well, that's for uh, for, Snow White, for Snow White, but like Mickey Mouse shorts away earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. mean theatrical releases. Yeah, yeah, we're coming up on it. Like, yeah, Disney's probably putting out stuff 100 years ago at this point, right? I don't actually know the early short history I that mean, well. I'm more of a Warner Brothers Steamboat Willie the first short? Steamboat Willie is, is 1928. So, oh my God. It's, it's almost Disney. there. It's almost time. Anyway, Jackson, plugs. Uh, you can find me at Headfuls Off at twitter.com you can find the patreon uh for me and am's podcast at patreon.com slash abnormal mapping for one dollar a month you get the great gundam project that's a good podcast people seem to like it we're finishing up turning gundam over the next month or so uh it's gonna be great uh for five dollars a month you can get blockbusters we watch uh some ridiculous movies uh and have a good time talking about them what's okay. next oh dirty harry's next dirty right? harry's yeah. next yes man that's gonna be good i'm excited to watch that that's gonna be a great time and you get VoIP left for $10, which is just some bullshit. But everyone Autumn was on recently really like talking it. about Naruto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. I left that He's episode uh, thinking, maybe I should read Naruto. And then I didn't read any Naruto. You know what? You're probably fine. You're, You're probably Naruto. Fine. I don't, it's I like don't think Naruto is going to... It's like chapters gonna... before anything good happens. I don't think that, like, there's enough Nora stuff in Naruto for her to... I like, also agree with this. Like, I, I I think Nora would really be into, like, Kakashi and everything going on with, like, the older people. I don't think that Nora would care so much about, like, the kids. The secret is that I really <laughs> want to just watch Boruto. But I want to you have do that. watched Nara. just do that. No, Boruto's dad. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That the funniest post is the one uh of there's a scene where Boruto and Naruto are eating ramen and Naruto sees his like younger self eating ramen next to them and there was like a Tumblr post going around that was like did did Boruto's dad have another kid who died uh, and he's like seeing his ghost <laughs> time because Boruto's a million episodes and also no one knows whether to read the manga or it seems like a disaster uh, but I do I do I want to see Boruto what's what's fucking old Iruka up to <laughs> not being in the show presumably just like Naruto <laughs> um, anyway. you find Autumn is your plugs yeah you find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee all the podcasts at export like Nora just said you should listen to Ars Arcanum, another fantasy book podcast, or Ornate Stairwells, a movie podcast. If you want movie podcasts, Arne- we got you covered around these parts. Everyone except me has Arne- a movie podcast. Well, I do. But- I feel like I feel like, but Reptory Screenings and Ornate Stairwells are like the 
furthest you could get in terms of tone, but basically the exact same podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Your um, first screenings, you got ornate stairwells, and then sometimes for five dollars on export audio, you'll get Godzilla's Not Dead, which is our uh, Godzilla podcast. I guess. Uh, I guess I'll I would say just this... use the oxygen destroyer on him. Actually, <laughs> it'd be fine. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll say this here because um, there's not like a stairwells episode that's going to hit at like the right time to make this announcement on stairwells. So stairwells fans, I guess we're going to watch Nadja, um, which is like some movie we just found out about. That's like a erotic vampire movie directed by somebody who has worked on Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet. Um, we don't oh, know what the I'm, fuck I'm sure that's Destiny's about. Seen it. I'm sure Destiny's seen it. <laughs> Neither of us had heard of it, but there's a drive-in theater playing it uh, tomorrow, so we're going to go see that. <laughs> I'm going to watch Incredible. Bright Samurai Soul. I'm uh, so sorry. Nora, when I woke up this morning, <laughs> and I woke up this morning, I checked my Discord, and I had a little red notification there, and it was from my friend Nora. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it said, you should watch Bright Samurai Soul with me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, should I? You said, what have you got to lose? And I said, that's a great question. Now, what is Bright Samurai Soul? <laughs> and you said, oh, is this bri- a bright sequel but in pre- Japan? Anime prequel to the Bright the Yolk Cop movie set in the Meiji Restoration. <laughs> oh, no. It's directed by the guy who did Your Lie in April. <laughs> Nora, say the words so we can stop. <laughs> This has been the oh, longest plugs wait, on ever. Wait, Whoa. wait. <laughs> Nora, fuck? we watched Lego Batman movie and Sauron's in that. Did oh, you have yeah, any Sauron uh, opinions? Oh, that fucking sucked. That also, fucking sucked. Sauron's not in that movie. Baradur just is awoken as like an entity unto itself and is in that movie. Yeah. Movie That's fucking all. sucks. What? I remember I, thinking I, it was I okay. It was all right. So I'm like, yeah. I, I guess I believe you because I like also am it's, cynical to look at the Lego Player One movie. My was it's better than the Lego mo- movie. So, hmm. I just thought the Batman stuff. I just like Batman. I was like, this Batman. Their conception of Batman is like not the worst version of Batman. I thought it was all right. What's why is it so bad? What's what's that? What's bad about Batman? We can't always be now twenty minutes. This fucking podcast. I have a mic. podcast about this tomorrow, we'll tomorrow. Me and Autumn are going to talk about. Yeah. Lego Batman. I just wanted to bring up the Sauron bit of Lego Batman. Okay. All right. Yeah. The right. tower from the movie is there and it shoots fire out of the eye. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. It can see everything. Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn. 